to our web series, Acing at Tennis Korea. I am Natalie Dagnall. I'm the TSR and Community Coordinator for USTA um, Eastern. And we're running this program interviewing various tennis providers and tennis professionals across Eastern to show you how many unbelievably interesting careers there are in tennis, should you choose to basically run your career playing the sport and being involved in the sport that we all love so much. Today we have Nick uh, Zazala on the, on the line. I'd welcome you to our show. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me, Natalie. Excited to be here. That's great to have you. Let me give a little bit of background about Nick before we start asking questions. Uh, Nick grew up in Buffalo, New York. He was a multi-sport athlete, actually, when he grew up, but he did play USTA Eastern events around the state, and he actually ranked 15 in the East in his senior year. He then went and played four years of D1 tennis at the University of Buffalo and worked as a teaching pro clubs around Buffalo. He graduated with career wins uh, for the university in both singles and doubles, and then he was an assistant coach there for the men's team while at grad school. Uh, he also taught at the University of Central Florida as an assistant men's coach and was head coach at Georgia Southern men's team and Bingham University. Nick is currently the chair for the Intercollegiate Tennis Association's Northeast region. He also serves on the board of directors for tennis charities in Binghamton. And his program, and I find this amazing, is extensively working with creatable and fair play tennis provide inclusive and adaptive tennis lessons for youth in the area. We're going to talk a bit about, more about that later. Nick, thank you for coming on. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So let's jump back to the beginning. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you started tennis. When did you first have a racket? So I uh, got involved in the game very early when I was about four years old. My dad had dabbled in racket sports a little bit, but was a little bit more on the racquetball side. And we were on the vacation and he was trying to get some members of my family to go out and, and play some tennis just to get a little exercise and uh, no one was really interested in it but uh, I was chomping at the bit and caught the bug uh, and from then on we got back and got involved in some lessons and was involved in the game in at least in some capacity from then on for the rest of my life. So you played lots of sport while you were, you were a multi-sport athlete. Do you think that helped your tennis? I know there's some debate about that these days. Yeah, so I'm, I was very fortunate. I played a good amount of soccer uh, in tennis. Uh, in high school, I actually played uh, on the football team as well as a, as a kicker. Uh, and so having those different experiences, I learned from, there's such a different culture and different ways of coaching in different sports. And so being exposed to uh, some of those definitely helped me in my coaching career to have some different perspectives coming at things. Uh, and I think what was really interesting for me coming into college is I had never really played a full year of tennis where I was playing tournaments during the whole year. And so when I got to college, I was still very excited and enthusiastic to learn yeah. through the four years where some, and I've seen this a lot in coaching um, and as a player, where sometimes players who have done the academy thing from very young age all the way through high school and been playing nonstop all year round, get into college, and they're almost a little burnt out by it. And they a lot of times plateau uh, or almost even regress in terms of their level and, and their abilities. So for me, having a little bit of that variety when I was younger, and I still played a good amount and still played the USDA uh, events, uh, but I didn't do it the full 12, uh, 12 months. And so I think for me, that really benefited uh, and, and helped my passion to continue to grow in college. That's great. So you did D1 for four years. How did you find that balancing like a D1 level 
sports um, in tennis and your academics? So, yeah, that was, that was uh, a challenging thing to do, but I was able to get involved in some student government. I think there's a lot of time in college, and if you're disciplined and you're uh, really thoughtful and intentional about what you want to do, um, there's still the flexibility to do a lot. Maybe in some other sports, it's a little bit more challenging, uh, but I, I think with the, a lot of the Olympic sports and tennis in particular, uh, it's still, and that's why I love coaching at the college level, because as much as we can compete at a very high level and we've had players uh, uh, win rounds in the, the Binghamton Challenger uh, ATP events, uh, but they're still able to really focus on their academics and their career. That's why I love working at Binghamton. We've had people um, go on to fantastic academic success and careers outside of tennis. They know that they are not planning to be a professional tennis player, but yet we're able to still compete on court at a very high level. Well, so many people say that, that the skills that you learn in tennis really translate well across to, to your work life. Do you, do you believe that? Absolutely. And that's really why I enjoy uh, coaching uh, at the college level. I get to be on court with the guys and doing drills and still hitting myself a little bit. Uh, but we're really emphasizing that's what I love about our athletic director, Patrick Elliott, and our, our athletic program here is we know that we're preparing students for careers beyond uh, the tennis court, beyond just playing on the, on the tennis court. Um, and so we're really, we do a leadership series where we bring in speakers uh, for how to leverage that student athlete experience in terms of working on a team, in terms of the time management skills, the passion that you have to dedicate to, um, to, to reaching goals as an individual and as a team. And those are things that are gonna help in whatever careers uh, our students go on to, whether it's medical careers, engineering degrees, whether it's some sort of teaching instruction uh, or, or whatever. We just had an alumni call uh, last week on, on Zoom and it was fantastic to see. We had players from six different countries on the call and from generations spanning the 70s graduates all the way through uh, to this year's graduates uh, and seeing this, the scope of what they've gone on to uh, post-college was really exciting and to see how they've been able to use those skill sets learned through collegiate tennis uh, in their careers outside of tennis was fantastic. Yeah, it is. I hear from a lot of recruiters that they love hiring tennis players because they're resilient and they're tough. They know how to lose. They know how to get back up again. So I'm, I'm glad you guys are teaching those skills. So you actually did some coaching while you were at grad school to pay for your studies. I mean, how did that, was that successful? Was that easy to do or quite a challenge? Yeah, my, my graduate years were, uh, were quite busy. I was working as a, a part-time uh, assistant coach for the university, uh, so that helped me in terms of some tuition discounts. Um, and then I was also teaching a bit at uh, some of the clubs in Buffalo and then was part owner of the pro shop uh, at the club as well. So definitely had a lot on my plate, but I, I do my best work when I'm very busy uh, and, and when I say yes to a lot of things uh, and, and I, I find uh, that I grow a lot in those, those challenges and grad school was uh, very much one of those times in my, in my life. So I learned a lot. It was very difficult. Maybe lost a little bit of sleep uh, <laughs> trying to get <laughs> strong at the pro shop. Uh, but that, yeah, that was a fun time. Yeah, good times, good times. Okay, so let's move beyond the, the college years. Um, Tell us a bit about uh, your years outside of, of coaching even. Tell us more about like being on a chair, um, serving on boards. Like how did you get involved in that side of, of this work? 
So fortunately, I've had some <clears throat> good mentors in, uh, in, in my years coming up, up through college tennis, uh, having worked with uh, Bobby Cashman when I was at Central Florida and getting to know uh, Jay Webb Horton, who at the time was the, the head coach for Florida Gulf Coast. Um, <clears throat> and they really uh, helped expand on what I already knew in terms of the value of college athletics uh, being about just another unique learning opportunity and part of the educational system. Uh, and so with that mindset, and, and J-Webb was, was big on, on telling me, that, look, just because you win or lose, you have a certain ranking, or those things aren't going to sustain your program. And really needing to be a mesh in the community uh, and to provide opportunities for your students to, to learn more in different ways, uh, but also for the security of your program, it needs to be about more than just your wins or losses. Because at the end of the day, you're not selling tickets or, or you're not um, in the way that football might be or basketball might be for the athletic department. So there is a ton of value that's brought, but you need to be intentional about how you do those things. So through a lot of good uh, mentorship and leadership, uh, started to grow some of those opportunities and get the team when I was at Georgia Southern involved uh, in some work uh, with the Boys and Girls Club uh, of Statesboro, Georgia. And then when I came to Binghamton, uh, we were very fortunate to get hooked up with Jen O'Brien uh, and Creatable, the Magic Paintbrush Project. Uh, and they do a ton of amazing work in the community. And so um, through that, you know, it's, it's the, the funny thing, the more you give, the more, the more that you get. And the amount of the lessons and things that we've taken both as a coaching staff and as our students from that work and from uh, those interactions with uh, those community members has been tremendous for us. And, and we've uh, tried to give as much value back to them uh, as we can to support their mission in the community. That's, I think it's fantastic. Tell us, tell us a little bit more about your adaptive programs. How do you run them? What, what, what do you achieve from them? What are the challenges? So we, it's, um, when we first got involved, we struggled a little bit with uh, growing our numbers. Uh, and that's been a continual process for us to try to reach as many students as, as we can uh, through those sessions. Um, we've tried some, some different strategies and, and some have worked and, and some have not worked. And I didn't have a ton of experience with this uh, coming into it. So it's been a lot of trial and error and, and uh, just learning from mistakes that we've made along the way. Um, but we've, the program is interesting because a lot of what uh, Magic Paintbrush does is inclusive programming and not trying to say, okay, we're only gonna uh, service people with these needs or with these uh, uh, special needs. Uh, it's, it really is inclusive. We try to do a lot of our programming in fun ways where our guys on the team are participating in a, uh, a team or a game setting within the session with the students um, so that it's not an us and a them or a, or a separation, but we're, where we're trying to do things as much of a, as a cohesive group uh, and making them feel uh, a part of the team. And a lot of the students um, are in situations where uh, because of uh, different situations where they wouldn't have opportunities to play on a school team uh, for sports. So this, for a lot of them, this is kind of their opportunity to get that exposure to uh, some competition and learning some uh, physical skills. Uh, so we've done everything from, uh, we've had the experience of, of being able to do a little wheelchair uh, tennis instruction. And then a lot of our sessions we're using the full scale of uh, orange ball, green ball, uh, different size rackets, and trying to make things fit for what each student needs. 
And a lot of people immediately think wheelchair when they think adaptive, but it's much more than that. Do you, would you like to share with other people out there who might be thinking, gosh, I wonder if my loved one would be able to do this or I'd be able to do this? Yes, we've had uh, students with all sorts of um, physical challenges um, or uh, emotional challenges, uh, learning, uh, learning challenges. Uh, and so we're able to work with, and it's for most of the sessions we have um, most of our roster there for the team plus our coaches. So sometimes that means that somebody needs some one-on-one -on -one attention uh, in terms of learning a skill, uh, whether it's because of physical challenges or whether it's because of uh, uh, emotional situations or, or, or whatever the case may be. And so we're able to modify things for whatever needs people need. Sometimes it's just they're not strong in hand-eye coordination. And so we're able to use the foam balls where everything slows down a little bit. Or uh, Coach Charlie Ellis, who works with us, is, does a great job of including balloons or things that really slow things down. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we've had all age ranges, all ability levels. Um, we've had students who were able to compete on a varsity sport, but they just didn't know tennis and they wanted to learn. Uh, and so having that real sense of community has been a great learning experience for all of us. That's fantastic, I must say. And I think USTA is working quite hard at developing adaptive programs that are integrated into programs. So it's not an us and them feeling, but really the opportunities exist for support within programming. Uh, is that what you guys are doing? Yeah, that's what we're, we're, we're seeking to do as much as possible. In our, in our first year, um, we really only had one student who was really particularly uh, loved the program and we brought him in and he was coaching a little bit uh, during our, our home tournament. We would bring him onto the court and, and they would come, his family would come and watch uh, all of our matches. Um, but as we've been able to grow our numbers a little bit, um, those things have really, each, and that's one of the challenges, each session is a little bit different. Sometimes we don't yeah. know how many students we're going to have or what needs they're going to be. So it's a lot of thinking on the fly uh, and, and just trying to modify the, the ideas that you might have. And we might have a theme for the day, whether it's ground strokes or forehand or, or transition game or, or net game or something like that. So we try to have a theme where we're still doing something educational uh, with them, <clears throat> but then we really have to modify and adapt um, within the session on what's working and what's not working. Fantastic. All right, so thinking about other people who are wanting to get into this industry, Nick, do you have any advice for them about careers in tennis? Yeah, so I think with anything, like the process of doing uh, is the best way to learn. So for me, I was very fortunate in my uh, undergraduate situation where I, we had a part-time head coach and he really utilized me as a captain as a assistant coach. And so that was almost like my internship where I got to really learn what college coaching is all about. Because even as I came into it, you kind of picture, okay, coach runs practice. Maybe he's responsible for getting us to and from the match uh, and coaching during the match. And that's what you think of. And then as you start to have that internship ability where you, you learn, okay, the scheduling, the recruiting, the fundraising, all the other pieces that go along with it. And for me, that's where I really enjoyed that process. I love being on court, but for me, when I would coach during the summer at a club, after three months of that, of being on court 30, 40 hours a week, I was kind of burnt out and needed a little break from that. And college coaching for me offers that cyclicalness of when the, we shift into the off season, I'm doing more office work. 
So really getting the opportunity to go and try those internships or doing something for really immersive for a month or two months or for a, or a summer, um, you're able to learn a lot more about what you want to do. With college coaching, we have, and I've had some students recently reach out to me who want to be managers with the team where they might not have the skill set to be able to play division one tennis, but they're able to help out with marketing, with social media, with uh, fundraising campaigns. Uh, and so I try to bring those students into our program as much as possible uh, to give them a taste because there's so many different, even in college tennis, there's so many different from division one, division two, II, division three, NAIA, junior college coaching. There's so many different uh, avenues to get into collegiate tennis. Um, working with the ITA, uh, their expanded uh, operations, and, and I'm really impressed with, with what they do. So there's really many different facets and different types of programs in the way that they run. Uh, so there really is anybody that's interested, there's now to get into the game. You don't have to have been a, a fantastic player or set any records. Yeah, that's fantastic. So if you look back, who are your tennis professional heroes? Who, who do you admire? So growing up, uh, I was a huge Andre Agassi fan when uh, you, know, you had the big hair and the, the neon. And to me, it was a little bit of a, a break from the, you know, uh, maybe stiff upper lip and, and white, all white clothes. Uh, so as a kid, I really, you know, related to that. Um, I've always enjoyed the, the guys who played with a little bit of uh, emotion and, and, uh, and flair. I was a big uh, James Blake fan uh, when he was playing and also with his tie into college tennis. I think that obviously resonated with, uh, with me as a, as a co collegiate player myself. Thank you, Nick. Um, so for the last question, I'm just going to give you a few fun questions to throw out at you. Um, what's your favorite playing surface? Favorite playing surface? I mean, I'm a fast indoor hardcore guy, for sure. <laughs> From Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, let me roll the serving volley. Um, what's your favorite Grand Slam? Uh, I think the U.S. Open, the electricity of the night matches, for sure. <laughs> Let's hope it happens this year. Fingers crossed. We'll know soon. And your favorite personal tennis moment? My favorite personal tennis moment? Man, there's so, so many. Um, I think when I got, I got to play in the, the Binghamton Challenger uh, in the main draw uh, was one of my... Uh, one of my favorite moments, uh, particularly from uh, from recent, um, yeah, that was a that was a fun experience. We were did not do well in the first set, and then we were actually up three uh, one serving and had a had a deuce point to consolidate the uh, break point that we ended up losing. So it was a six four second set that we lost, but uh, oh, wow. a, a good community crowd out that night. Uh, it was fun to play uh, in in my my new hometown here and uh, in front of friends and family. Um, and the, the Challenger Tour is really fascinating how close you can get uh, to the action um, and to the players and, and how world-class they are. So I, I love the Binghamton Challenger. We'll miss it this year, but we're going to work hard to be sure that we're back uh, on court next year. See, and that's so interesting to me that your favorite tennis moment wasn't a win. And that's what's so interesting about tennis is that so many of the moments win or lose are just fantastic growth opportunities. Yeah, the amount of people from all over the world that I've been able to uh, meet, interact with, learn about different cultures through the game of tennis uh, is, is why I've made it my, it's been my lifelong passion and, and why I continue to stay in the game. It's a, a really unique in, uh, international universal game.
it's awesome. We love it. Um, Nick, thank you for coming on our show. Um, I think you've shared so many amazing insights with us. We've loved having you. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much. And if anybody is interested and has questions about uh, tennis careers, you can reach out to me. Uh, find me through the Binghamton University Athletics webpage. I'd be more than happy to answer any questions. Uh, thank you. Take care. You too, Nelly.